The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio. All right, we are live. You excited about that? Live audience is locked in. Thank you. This is your cell. This is your bunk. This is the jail visit on Shiawassee Radio, live from the Cofield Oil and Propane Studios. Here's attorney Bill Amadeo. I'm going to start with this tonight. Um, I was a kid in the ghetto on Willow Avenue, Atlantic City. And I'd been robbed and beaten and stuff. And one day, I'm walking my little Maltese terrier, Scruffy. And Scruffy was this little street dog. Somebody left him. I took him home. And here's this little tiny guy, right? Scruffy was tiny. Man, that dog had balls. A couple gangbangers come at me. And they rob me and they're beating me. And Scruffy goes to defend me. And I jumped on top of Scruffy to protect him. And all I'm thinking is, don't kill my dog. Don't kill my dog. And I made it that day, and me and Scruffy made it home. And it's amazing how dogs are just amazing companions, you know? I could type out Major, Scruffy, Max, Odie, Charlie, my teddy. Dogs have had such a profound effect on my life. I would not have been successful without dogs. They're man's best friend for a reason. And honestly, guys, I don't think we deserve dogs. It's amazing how much they give to us. We get them for this short period of time. And we're so goddamn lucky when they're in our life. So when some scumbag kills a dog, they deserve to be punished to the fullest extent of the law. And I'm completely biased in saying that. And we're going to start about that. The Hoisington decision. And I want to commend Scott Corner for kicking ass that allocution. And Judge Matthew Stewart for dropping the bomb today. The Hoisington matter. I am Bill Amadeo from McManus Amadeo, Grable and Associates. And we'll throw it up there to Shiawassee 6. That upsets my audience. We're going to talk about some topics tonight that I'm um, going to generate some heat. I'm sure uh, the political half struggle is going to be split on this one, huh? But I'm going to tell you, and I think back of my friend Joe Abera, because Abera and I had this argument one night, we're at dinner, and we're arguing about sentencing guidelines. And I think sentencing guidelines are important. Now, for those in the criminal justice community, you know that the Lockridge Court said sentencing guidelines are advisory. We don't want judges to go under or over guidelines without justification. And the guidelines is what determines what a sentence should be. And I said to Joe, we got to follow those guidelines. And Joe, being a law enforcement person, that persona that he is, he felt quite often guidelines should be exceeded. He doesn't feel that guidelines always make the punishment fit the crime. And I respect that, but I disagreed with it. Until today. Today, I was so thrilled to see the Tanner Max imposed. And for those of you that don't know what the Tanner Max is, the Tanner Max rule says... That if you plead to a crime, a judge cannot go over two-thirds of the statutory maximum sentence. Which means if you plead to a 15-year felony, a judge cannot give you more than 10 years. The Hoisington case was one that I followed. Early in my career... Before the big name media cases were coming in, we got a ton of calls about animal abuse cases. 
and I've been known to take on pro bono cases when I'm trying to protect an animal from being put down. Because sometimes when an animal bites somebody, that person deserved it. But an animal never deserves to be beaten and harmed. That's my personal opinion. I will never take a case where somebody is accused of hurting an animal. I won't do that. And for those of you that are going to scream at your Me Too movement and all this other happy horse shit, let me be clear. There's a big difference between somebody making a false accusation of rape when they're making millions of dollars in civil litigation and somebody who hurts an innocent animal. So I'll stand behind that. I'm not going to apologize for people I've defended. But I'm going to tell you where me and Abera were. Joe, I'm going to give you credit props tonight because I'm on your side on this one. I have never been in favor of exceeding sentencing guidelines till today. Miss Hoisington, who I don't know personally, I learned the facts of the case. Two dogs are killed and tortured. One dog ate another one in an attempt to survive. That'd be like eating your friend. These poor animals were put through hell. And as Scott Corner said, these beloved pets, they are beloved pets, were tortured by this girl. And the legislation right now, and I'm so sick of the Michigan legislature right now, animals are deemed property. It's a property crime. You believe that shit? An animal is the same thing as taking this pen and just chucking it. Unbelievable. How the hell do we not have more protection for animals in the state of Michigan? I'm so goddamn pissed, which is why we're doing this political thing tonight. In Michigan, you can torture and beat two animals and have guidelines that won't put you in prison. But yet... We're seeing people that do the most hideous of crimes in the world and get free passes. You could steal a vehicle in Michigan and bring the car back and get more of a sentence than if you killed an animal. How screwed up is that? Because the car is property, right? The animal is your best friend. Why is it in Michigan... That if a 15-year-old kid and a 17-year-old kid have consensual sex, that's a 15-year felony, but we're cool with a 40-year-old hooking up with a 16-year-old. Jesus Christ, it's time for the legislator to get off their ass. The fact that animals are deemed property is sickening. Animals are better than humans, let me be really clear about that. And to hurt an animal, you're a demented soul. You are warped. You are sick. And when Miss Hoisington's sentence had guidelines of zero to nine months, I thought to myself, well, knowing Judge Stewart, he's probably going to give her to nine months. And I guess that would be a win for the animal rights people. That this girl will do nine months and learn a lesson. But he didn't do that. He said to hell with the guidelines. The statutory max on the crimes that she pled and was convicted to were 48 months. And God bless Judge Matthew Stewart. He gave her 32 months in prison. And that sends a message. You don't mess with animals in Shiawassee County. Scott Corner sent a message. You don't hurt an animal in his community. That's a real prosecutor. That's a man. As opposed to somebody just playing politics. Good for you, man. I'll tell you, I have never been so pro-prosecution as I was today. Hmm. Don't mess with animals. So happy with that sentence. I wish Judge could even her more. I'll tell you, and her defense lawyer did a good job, and he argued all the right points, but you can't take away from this heinous crime. There was video of these poor animals my god my god what are we doing guys message sent message received
proud to be affiliated with Shiawassee County. You want to add something? Okay, I thought you did. All right. I. So. The abortion debate has become this hot button topic. And I've always said this, let me be clear. Because you had a joke. I'm too conservative for Washington, but I'm too liberal for Shiawassee. Okay. As a man, I don't feel I have a right to make a decision on abortion. I've always believed that. And so many of the Catholic priests that I grew up with were these big pro-life guys and this and that. Here's what's confusing to me on this. Because it's a woman's body, fine, it's her right to choose, but they made this whole big thing during the election of Tudor Dixon saying no exceptions, which was taken out of context. Correct. Let's be objective for a minute. They made this whole thing about no exceptions. I mean, I don't think abortion should be used as a form of birth control. If a woman was raped, I understand why she would want to terminate pregnancy. If she was beaten. If it's going to put her life at risk. Completely understand that. And it's not my decision, but when they say no exceptions, let's flip it for a minute. I don't think abortion should be used as a form of birth control. There's condoms, there's the pill, there's this, there's that, but to just kill a fetus, which may have constitutional rights, depending on who you talk to, because you didn't want to have the child, that seems brutal. Right, and again, I'm not a woman, I can't make that decision, but my God... The way this was spun during the election, Tudor Dixon never said no exceptions. That was a twist. And I'm going to go back to the Bobby Reyes matter. Because, you know, the debate with abortion is, does the fetus have a right to constitutional protection? The debate with Bobby Reyes, which is still a tough thing to talk about, to me, that was a child, a teenager. He sure as hell had constitutional protection. And I watched so many at University of Michigan fight to kill this kid, not to give him a chance. So here's my question. So many of them were pro-choicers that were fighting to kill Bobby. If a woman has a right to have an abortion... Why doesn't a woman like Sarah Lynn Jones have a right to keep fighting for her child's life? It's so amazing with U of M, because U of M gets a free pass on everything. Larry Nasser is the scum of the earth. I'm not going to argue with that. But what's Dr. Robert Anderson? We don't hear about that. We hear elected officials, if you want to call them that, talk all this shit about Nasser. What about Dr. Rob Anderson? He was even a worse predator than Nasser. But because it's U of M, we get a pass on that. University of Michigan had a physician who molested and manipulated children for decades. We don't hear about that. We don't get that. No. Because it's U of M. Are you kidding me? Here's my anger right now about this shit. I don't care if it's U of M. If it's Michigan State, if it's Eastern Michigan, if a crime is committed and the elements of the crime can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt, whether you're black or white or blue or green or rich or poor, the law should be the goddamn law. We don't hear anything about Robert Anderson, but we hear about Larry Nasser all the time. They're both scum of the earth. I saw U of M do more and spend more money to try to kill Bobby Reyes than I saw prosecutors want to make an example of Robert Anderson. It makes you wonder, because Bobby Reyes' family did not come from wealth, but Anderson was somewhat protected. That shit's got to stop. And as somebody who's been poor and now has money, let me tell you something. If you tell me that social economic distinction is not a bigger travesty than anything we are dealing with. You are blind. Just be real about that. Hey, another issue tonight's the right to bear arms. Why are people so against the Second Amendment? 
this was an issue Joe Bear and I have been heated about the right to bear arms. Here's my feeling on it. I'm not a gun person. I don't like guns. Um, where I came from, guns meant violence. But what I saw growing up in the inner city was it was illegal guns that were killing people. It wasn't people that took qualified courses and went through all the protocols. The Second Amendment says we have a right to bear arms, and we got to protect the Constitution. I personally am not a gun person, but I sure as hell feel you have a right to bear your arms. Joe and I went on about this, and Joe's taught me a lot about the Second Amendment. I mean, bearing your arms was an issue that was at the cornerstone of the Constitution. And when it was written, when it was presented, remember, the Constitution is like this living document. People forget that. It lives and it breathes. The right to bear arms was about protecting your family. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not a gun guy, but if you came to my house and you hurt my dog or my wife or my child, I sure as hell want to blow your brains out. And I'm glad the Constitution would give me that right. I believe guns should be used for self-defense. I believe our constitutional protections should be given. And while I'm not a gun person myself, if you don't see the importance in guns, then you're blind. The drama in the inner city where I came from, and by the way, so many people that talk shit about guns never lived in the inner city. They wouldn't have survived a day there. I wish to God I would have had a gun when I was a kid because I could have protected my family better. I would never shoot somebody other than protecting my loved ones. But I'll tell you this. When we start picking and choosing what parts of the Constitution we want to enforce, we're going down a real goddamn slippery slope. And I will I'll give credit to Joe Abero on this one because I wasn't a gun... I don't think I'm a gun person. I'm not, right? No. Just not. But he made pretty profound argument about the importance of the right to carry. I think illegal guns are a problem. But I think the right to bear your arms, the right to do it properly, the right to stand your ground and protect your loved ones has to be protected. And lastly tonight, the death penalty. Joe and I were told about this today. I'll tell you, the defense bar is not going to be thrilled at me on this particular uh, blog, but I see so many bullshit prosecutions. I'm not talking about Shiawassee, by the way. Good job, Scott Warner. I am talking about some other places. Yeah. We won't mention names. We know they're tuned in now. Oh. Guys, enjoy your weekend. Start with this. All right. I also pick USC over Utah. If you want to try and say I'm doing illegal gambling, right? What's next? I think the death penalty in many circumstances is appropriate. I don't wish ill will on Ethan Crumpley, because I know what was going on in that kid's mind. But when you shoot up a school, death penalty seems fair. I mean, in fact, I think I'd rather have somebody get the death penalty in that situation than to put my tax dollars at work to house them forever. We have this rush to incarcerate people based on political motivations. But we don't have this rush to prosecute people who actually commit crimes if it's not socially acceptable. Take the Ty Hale case. Ty Hale gets shot, an unarmed kid, and killed. We don't get charges on that. But somebody can make an accusation from eight years ago with no physical evidence, and that's good enough for us. Wow. We can prosecute a 17-year-old for having consensual sex with a 15-year-old and want to give that individual up to 15 years in prison for consensual sex between teenagers, but we're going to give a pass to certain people who killed for no reason.
What the hell is that? Prosecute, probably, I'll tell you. In many instances, I'm very pro-death penalty. Quote me on that. Death penalty seems like justice. I mean, first-degree murder. If they're convicted and did it, why not give them the death penalty as opposed to putting tax dollars towards them for 50 years? Or I don't know. It just... It's amazing. And I'll tell you, as a defense lawyer, and I speak as a defense lawyer, because I am a defense lawyer, that's what took me from poor to wealth. I'm not going to apologize for being a defense lawyer, but there's two sides to every coin. I think what makes the good defense lawyers and the bad ones is seeing both sides of the coin, seeing both sides of the spectrum. Prosecutor's a tough job, maybe the toughest job in the state, and when you apply it properly, tough to deal with. You don't get paid enough. You deal with a lot of shit. But when you use it for political leverage, move on to your next position. I mean, that's kind of messed up. And many of those prosecutors who don't like me would be against the death penalty. Which, it's so bizarre. Pull it down the middle. So, what do we take from the night? I think death penalty is appropriate in certain situations. I think we have a right to bear arms. I think U of M covered up Dr. Robert Anderson. I think they played a role in killing a child. And if we're really pro-choice, pro-choice should not just be pre-birth. should be after, a.k.a. my Bobby Reyes salute right there. And if you kill an animal, you should burn in hell. Did I miss anything? All right. I'm Bill Amadeo. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. You know, one day, son's going to look at this stuff. He's going to say, man, that was nuts. It's nuts. I mean, Golden Retrievers done. I've been nuts for years. And, but, man, yeah. All right, I am Bill Amadeo from McMadison Amadeo and Grable Associates and the live audience does like this part. Shiawassee 6. The 6, man, I'll tell you. I was in Shiawassee today. Love Shiawassee. So much more, um, let's say the word courage in some other locations. <laughs> anyway, today... We're going to talk about a particular union election. And I realized in this one, I got to change a lot of names and time frames because, man, there are some people out there that would just love to sue. And I want you to understand something with defamation. You can't sue for telling the truth, even if you're on somebody. We might sit on a few people today. Anyway. The year was late 90s. We'll start with that, cool? Yeah. All right. In the late 90s, um, things were weird for me. You know, this Lexi was really a pain in the ass. And, and let me say this. To my enemies today in Michigan, what a difference between, like, Ann Arbor enemies and Atlantic City enemies. I mean, Atlantic City, they want to slit your throat. Ann Arbor... They want to post about you under an anonymous name on YouTube. We don't like him. <laughs> and then you got the ones that, the ones that love you use their real names. Then the fake idiots use fake names. I mean, if you want to talk shit, could you just be a man about it? Yeah. Or a woman about it? Just, hey, I don't like him, and here's what I got to say. Yeah. I hate people hiding behind stuff. It'd be like, I don't know, like public official giving private emails to somebody they have a right to. But, um... <laughs> But I digress. So amazing, man. Just to hear all these rumors and stuff. And let's go back to the Union days. It's the late 90s. I'm in college still. And there was this whole thing going on with the singing bartender. The singing bartender, she was actually very talented, was a bartender in Atlantic City who was a professional singer. And Tropicana put her in Tiffany Lounge. And Tiffany Lounge was the premier bar at Tropicana. The problem was she wasn't a union member, so she bumped people in seniority. 
and this caused a riff. And I got involved, and I was defending the Tropicana bartenders, the bar reporters and such, and I got, like, union acclaim. I gotta tell you, some of the idiots from the union, I, I love organized labor, but I'll tell you, they elect dumber people in the Democratic Party sometimes, you know? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I'm on Democrats tonight. I, yeah, you got a problem with it, it's fine. And believe, I'm not some hardcore Republican. I'm just, my God. <laughs> this last election. Holy <laughs> Some of the Dems that won that were incumbents. I mean, not only were they doing a bad job, they could have just mailed it in. I gotta tell you, the absentee ballots, guys, whether you're Republican or Democrat, if somebody is sick or in the military or can't get to vote, that should be allowed. But why the hell should an able-bodied person just be able to mail in? And growing up in Atlantic City, here's what we're going to talk about the union elections, I saw more corruption in politics with bullshit mail-in ballots than anything I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of shit. This mail-in ballot stuff... If you want to vote, which is your constitutional right, get off your ass if you're capable and go down to the polls. My God, do we not see how things get scammed? Jesus. But I don't like the Republicans either, right? I'm just, I'm sick of everybody. But my God, we have to see a bias with mail-in votes, right? Yeah. Jesus. Dana's going to charge me for that. <laughs> I mean, I know she charged Berkman and Wool, but Jesus Christ. I'm not threatening anybody, Dana, so you can watch this video. I know you guys will talk shit about me. That's fine. So I'll be very clear for the Attorney General and anybody else that wants to watch. I don't think mail-in ballots should be a thing unless you legitimately cannot make it to the polls. Get your ass to the polls and let the true election happen. Whoever wins, wins. We gotta protect elections. And I learned about the corruption elections from my time with Local 54. Bob McDevitt is still the president of Local 54. And I never saw somebody... Local 54 is amazing to me. Never anywhere else in the country could somebody as stupid, as unattractive as this guy, be king of this small area. I mean, this is a guy who really dumb it's like this big red-headed bully and bob mcdevitt had his followers and the election i got involved in the first one i got involved in it was really fascinating carl rutledge who passed away he would kiss bob mcdevitt's ass so bad and bob mcdevitt and local 54 it was like a cult they used to like give these poor souls that had nothing going on in their life this meaning, hey, give us some money and get us some votes and we'll make you feel like you're part of the team. It was really sad. I mean, there was such a group of morons that were part of the McDevitt administration. And then there were some brilliant people. Steve Chertel, brilliant man. Steve Chertel told me to get the hell out of Atlantic City and go to law school. Appreciate that. Al Siciliano, smart guy. Could probably like that would fire him. Um, so in this election, you got McDevitt and his crew, then you had some other morons, and some smart people. This one guy thought he was like the guru of the mafia. You go against him, it's going to be payback time. He thought he was a tough guy, he really wasn't, but he was this very arrogant idiot who thought he was going to be king of the world. Then there were these two other poor souls. They all got together and they ran. And McDevitt wins the election. Let me tell you what happened to me during the election. Because I was initially running. I'm 22 years old. I'm a senior at Stockton. I am bartending at Tropicana. Bought my aunt mom a house a couple of years ago. And I'm running for union president. Now, as you can imagine, this was not taken kindly by certain people. 
because the powers that be thought I was going to hurt somebody. Eventually, I backed McDevitt because that's what Carl Rutledge wanted me to do. And backing Bob McDevitt would be like endorsing the Titanic for a cruise trip. Okay, it's just, he's an idiot. And Bob, if you're out there listening, yeah, you know, you and Joe Clary, I mean, oh, I could tell the stories. We're going to help you get into law school if you help us. Uh, so many bullshit stories by Bob McDevitt. But I will say this, um, during this election, some very interesting things happened. For one, the DG and the FBI questioned me. They wanted to know if I had information on one of the people running for office. And they come up the top of the trap where I was bartending one day, and they pull me out. Now kids, listen to this carefully. You, just like me, do not have to talk to the police. And I told the FBI agent, I don't like the guy you're investigating. I don't know what he's got going on. And if I did, I'm not going to talk about it. See, in Atlantic City, guys, we had this thing called honor, believe it or not. While there was a lack of class, we didn't go tell on people, go tattling the teacher about things that involve us. And I want you to understand something. If I can't stand somebody and there's a chance to shit on them, I will not do that. If you stay away from me and my inner circle, I'll stay away from you. And they were lessons from Atlantic City. Lessons that some people in Washington County simply don't understand. I mean, I know those Ivy League law schools, they must not teach it. No. Yeah, so. With that being stated, it just blows me away. I've had more shit said about me that are lies. I mean, and there was this joke in Wall Street, too. And it's a statement I learned from Atlantic City. If you stop lying about me, I'll stop telling the truth about you. And when the FBI gathers me in this small room at Tropicana. I'm at the top of the Trop Bar attending on the 20th floor. They make me come down to like this basement area. And there's six FBI agents and DG, Department of Gaming Enforcement, and they're saying, you better tell us what we know or else we're going to charge you. Like, charge me with what? Very pissed off that I did not cooperate that day. After not cooperating, um... Some other things happened. Had my tires slip. There's nothing quite as fun as taking a date to the Atlantic City Boardwalk, coming back having your tires slip. That happened. Sugar in the gas tank was another good one. There was so much going on with union elections. So much corruption. And many of the people won because of absentee ballots. It was such a hardship to go down to the Union Hall and vote, right? It's unbelievable, man. Um, it was at that point, I ran to Donald Trump again, and Trump told me to go to law school. Donald Trump was involved in the union negotiations at the time because he owned four casinos at the time, and Donald Trump took a liking to me. And I wanna tell you, Fascinating situation, Local 54. Such a powerful segment of organized labor that continued to elect moron after moron after moron. I know today, Al Tobias running, who's a much better candidate, Bob McDevitt, people don't vote for him. I never understood how somebody could do a shit job and they get reelected because they're an incumbent. They have such an advantage. What I learned about Local 54's elections were it wasn't about the best candidate. It was about who ran the best campaign. And that's a motto that unfortunately rings true today. Look, guys, whether you stand to the left or the right political half circle, are you really happy with the way things are right now? 
Are we happy with gas prices? Are we happy with the tax rates? Are we really happy with race relations? I mean, let's be real. I mean, and people playing the race card wrongfully when there's so much racism in the criminal justice system that's being overlooked. Shocking. It's amazing how young minorities get charged with CSCs, but young white kids get passes. But I guess they get the passes if you don't know certain people in charge, but we'll, we'll save that for another time. Where are we at right now? I mean, whether you are a true blue or red person, will you look at the candidate? And that's what blew me away about this election. I've been fooled many times. How many times have I voted for wrong people? It just happens, right? And these bullshit mail-in ballots. My God. What we're doing with mail-in ballots is we're encouraging people to be lazy. Stop. One of the fascinating stories of this election was there was a girl I was dating. I'm a kid. Beautiful girl. And she was also the mistress of this guy who was head of the mafia, who's now in prison for life. And one day, he pulls up. I'm working in the showroom at Tropicana. And I'm walking out with her. And he pulls up in his limousine by the employee parking lot. She jumps in. He goes, you're that union kid. I don't like you. And he wiped the cocaine off his nose. She jumped in the car. And this was local 54 elections at its finest. During the election, I had my tires slit. I had sugar put in my engine. I had a mafia member basically steal my girl. By the way, she looks horrible today, and he's in prison. So I, that worked out well, yeah. actually, for me. Yeah. Um just a very interesting time yeah uh in addition to that i got a lot of death threats i'll say this when we're going michigan new jersey death threats in new jersey are more serious but they don't have a spell they like do really bad like notes they leave on the car going to kill you you not y-o-u in michigan they send you strongly worded letters. We're going to send you to the ethics board. <laughs> so, while I was a young kid exposed to a union election, it's really fascinating because I feel there was more balls in the union election I ever seen in elections out here. Less than elect. The right answer is to be somewhere in the middle, right? For you 22-year-old kids out there, my advice is, number one, don't run for union office. Number two, make sure your college girlfriend is not the mistress of a guy who runs the mafia. And number three, don't talk to the FBI for no reason. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. It's been a long day. I've been Cadillac and it's like kind of brought back some memories. I know today we're known as um, this top-notch firm and... Grable's always been known as a top-notch firm, but before things took off, the story was a little different. And all I could do right now is equate this to, like, playing in the minor leagues when I started Krem Law. What we used to do, we're not going to name names. No names will be named. You guys hear that? No names. <clears throat> what I used to do, we would travel to courts all across the state when I started with, when I started with Grable and Associates, Scott would send me everywhere. I thought it's just what people did. Eventually, local lawyers get really pissed off. He kept showing up. Now this was amazing. I learned all these different courts, right? It was really cool. 
travel three hours from home and learn about all these different courts and hey Krusty Curry and uh, what I decided to do as a way to save money which by the way it blew up in my face so me and these other lawyers <clears throat> would travel over the place we decided to get a different court appointed list back then and um we decided to just make a road trip out of this one day I would drive one day this lawyer would drive one day the other lawyer would drive and we would try to like, you know, we're in this county, the next county, the next county, let's bag up all these cases together. And I was pretty excited about that. <clears throat> the problem is when you get talking to people on like three, four hour trips, you start to learn that you might be the normal one in the room. And I'm gonna share some of the stories from when I was driving the Saturn view with the CD player. And how one day, one of the guys had Spotify and things changed, and that was like cutting edge. But let's start with this. There's three of us, right? We're going out to Tawas. <laughs> Tawas was about three hours and 15 minutes away. And one of my agendas on these trips was to get the cheapest possible hotel you could. However, I was always a good tipper. And Matt would say things to me like, how did you spend $18 on the room, but $25 on the meal? And you got to keep in mind now, I was getting really hungry at this point. When I say hungry, I was looking for cases everywhere. Things were out of control. So when you're driving long distances with people, things get weird, right? You start letting your guard down. They let their guard down. And the one guy had Spotify before we all had Spotify, right? I mean, I live by Spotify, or the Spotify version of it. I was like, holy because what I used to do was put YouTube on my phone, plug it into the car, or I had my CD player. Now, this guy has a Spotify thing, and he tells me, you can listen to any song you want. I'm like, oh my god! So we're playing all this music, trying up the Tawas in the snow. And I start, this is my fault, I had these two lawyers in the car. Very weird guys. We're not friends today. But I was the one, I was friends with them back then, so let's do this whole tour of Michigan thing. And back then I was kind of like their leader, and we were all good to go, but there's this one song that's playing. I can laugh, and I'm chuckling, and I go, what's up? I said, oh, well, this song reminds me of this ex-girlfriend. So every song that came up, he might be looking at an ex-girlfriend or a situation in Jersey. And I thought it was funny. So listen to these stories. Well, here's Champagne High. Let me tell you about that. Here's everything you want. Let me tell you about that. So every song, I'm telling like this five-minute story. Now, one of the things these guys would do when I was driving is they were drinking the back. As they were drinking this really cheap liquor, remember, we weren't making back then. They let their guard down. And they would start telling stories. So this one guy goes, can I play a song and tell you a story? Like, yeah, please, go ahead. Let, I, I want to hear what you got to say. Let me shut up. So he says, I'm going to play a song about this girl I love. And he starts crying. I'm like, oh, this is good. What's this? Why is this guy crying? He goes, oh, she meant so much to me and this song's so meaningful. And I'm like, okay. Um, what's the song? So he goes, do you know the band Phoenix TX? I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I know Phoenix TX. I know what song you're going to play. You're going to play KDW. He goes, no, 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 that's a good song. That's not the song. That was not our song. Okay. So the other guy says, you're going to play All My Fault. Because, and that's a good song, but it's kind of poppy, right? Like, no, you guys are missing the point. Now, keep in mind, here's this guy sucking on his $6 bottle of whiskey, drunk as hell, crying about this ex-girlfriend. So I said, what song from Phoenix TX are you going to play? And he says, threesome. What? Now, threesome is a good song, but I never viewed it as a romantic song. I was telling these tales of crazy stories, and he's telling me threesome, so then he's really drunk. And he starts telling me why threesome 
is the song he's thinking of with his ex-girlfriend. You can do the math. But it was pretty... Why? Uh, that same guy... He was on the prowl, right? He wanted to find different girls. He had this idea, like, out of county, the women were beautiful and this and that. So one day, we're um, doing court appointment work, and there's a mental health court program, and there's this woman in there. Very pretty woman. But she is in the mental health court. <laughs> Let's start with that. I'm a big proponent of the mental health court. Any mental health court's important. But you have to be careful. You shouldn't date clients to begin with, but certainly not once they're in the mental health court. There's a lot of red flags with her. So he starts rearranging his schedule around the mental health court schedule, and they end up together. That relationship did not work out. Another weird thing that happened was, and again, remember, we weren't making much money back then, but I always tipped well. I was always tipping well because I bartended. So what I would do is wherever we went to a hotel, no matter what hotel we went to, I would always leave $5 for housekeeping. It's just the right thing to do, right? Housekeepers got to make their tips. So one day, me and this one guy are in a room together. I leave the $5. I go shave, I come out, and there's three ones in the fire <laughs> He stole the housekeeper's tip. And he left three ones to pocket two bucks. And, you know, this is a weird situation. Like, do you call the guy out on this? It's like, wait, did you steal the housekeeper's tip? He's like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, I left the five. Well, we left, I only stole three ones there. And he just changed the subject. One of the things you would do on these long trips too is you got you'd find ways to save money, right? So you're gonna split things up. Remember one day I'm with these two lawyers. And I can't stress enough, this was like the minor leagues, right? We're traveling all over the place for dog money. I tell the one guy, hey, I'll pay for gas. You buy lunch. And lunch would consist of a sandwich and a Gatorade at the gas station. So, I felt the gas tank. We're driving to our next court. Whatever. And I'm like, hey, I'm really I'm getting a little hungry now. What'd you get? Because oh, it's in the bag. Okay. In the bag was like this one thing of like jerky strips, a thing of Tic Tac. And a Gatorade bottle that he drank half out of. There's very few things you want to hear in life when you're driving. One of them is, one of them you don't want to hear is, hey, we're getting pulled over. The second thing is, hold this. Now, as you know, I never smoked weed in my life. And it's also very clear that many lawyers have substance abuse issues. One day we're driving down the highway and we are stopped by the Michigan State Police. And the driver is freaking out. He throws this thing. He goes, hold it. I don't know what it is. And I'm sitting here like, dude, I'm not holding your drugs. Cop comes up. Cop knew me. Didn't know the other two. So the cop's like, well, I mean, I know Bill's not using drugs. Oh, man. You know, back during the poor part of criminal, we used to, like, put two, three guys in a room or whatever to save money. And I had a bad snoring problem back then. Before the CPAP and getting in the gym and all that, I mean, I was out of shape and I'm snoring real bad. And I go to bed early. You know, we had, like, two beds and a little couch in this one, like, red roof in. And now we're all, you know, watching a game. I'm going to crash. Those guys are doing their thing. We got court at 8 o'clock in the morning. 5 o'clock in the morning, there's this woman standing by the bed, right? 
and she's pushing me, and I'm like, what the hell? And she screams, you're snoring too loud, shut up! I'm like, what the hell is this? And the guy I was rooming with says, oh, that's Rosa, I met her at the bar. Oh, man. One time I went to stop at a casino. I was all excited, right, about this casino. You know, and you think these lawyers, you're bonding with them. And this one lawyer, he was like fighting guests, right? He's screaming at the guests. He's pissed off. He's drunk. He's going to kick the shit out of this poor guest. I'm thinking of that character witness issues coming up. But we're in an area where there's a casino. And I want to see this casino, man. I want to go play poker. I'm burned out. We're starting to make a little money at this point. And he says, no, we're not going to the casino. We can't run a mission. He was driving that day. So he drives like all like 40 miles out of the way. And I said, what are we doing? Because we're going to see the world's largest ball of yarn. At this point in the game, I start realizing to myself, holy shit. Here was the problem with Krim Law, guys. 2017, I didn't have for money, right? And by like 2018 and a half, we're making big money, but I don't realize it. I just keep, I'm taking cases everywhere and I'm just throwing the checks in. I'm not thinking about anything. Well, me and these guys start drifting apart because I'm getting these bigger cases. They're getting pissed off. I mean, listen, when we went on these trips, my goal was to learn every single court, to learn all these courts, have this vast amount of experience, kick ass in all these courts, make a name for myself. I just said, hey, let's strive together. It was a cost-saving endeavor. For some of them, it was a Thelma and Louise moment. You know, this was her chance to get out of the house, make a little money. And I'm sad to say we're not friends today. We're in different circles. They're both lawyers somewhere else, and I wish them well. And if they're watching this, hey, no hard feelings, man. There's a lot of weird shit that I gotta tell you. On those road trips, you taught me that I was the normal one. And that is concerning. I'm Bill Amadeo. I approve this. Later. The proceeding was a paid presentation by McManus and Amadeo PLLC. Listeners of this program should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No listener should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information within this program without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Listening to this program using any associated website or related links or resources does not create an attorney-client relationship between the listener and host, contributors, or contributing law firms. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this program are hereby expressly disclaimed. You and your loved ones deserve a criminal defense firm that believes that your life and freedom are worth fighting for. Matt McManus, Bill Amadeo, and the McManus and Amadeo team of attorneys, investigators, and case managers will take the lead with a vast knowledge and legal experience across the state of Michigan to get the best possible result for you. Learn more at McManusAmadeo.com. Schedule a free consultation 24-7 by calling 800-392-7311.